So much has happened the last few days. The world has been shocked by the surprise attack into Israel by Hamas in the Gaza Strip. Invading by land, sea, and air, assaulting the country, and taking so many lives. I'm Charles Morris, and on this Great Stories podcast, I wanted you to hear the voices of Jews who live in Israel and follow Jesus as their Messiah. They've all had to hide out in their bomb shelters, comforting their families and friends with scripture, praying that the God of Israel would come to their aid. We'll first meet a pastor's wife, Esther Zadok, who we spoke with in the first 24 hours of the attack. And then we'll hear from Ellie Birnbaum, who's the director of Jews for Jesus in Israel. And finally, we'll meet up with Daria Short, a tour guide who knows Jesus, who had to help her international tour find safety in the midst of the attack. So as we get started, I also just want to thank you for your prayers as we try to bring awareness to what the Lord is doing in Israel. We've started a fund called Help and Hope for Israel that'll send money directly to displaced Israelis right now. We're working with Jews for Jesus, and 100% of what's given to this fund will go directly to Israel. You can learn more about Help and Hope for Israel at haventoday.org. I'll tell you more about it at the end of this podcast, but now let's travel to Israel. Esther Zadok, uh, you are a pastor's wife, and I can't think of anybody better than a pastor's wife to have on our program this Monday. We've had you on the program before. Your husband, uh, David, has been on the program before. I've worshipped with you. We had lunch together about one year ago about this time. Go back for us. How were you awakened on Saturday morning, Shabbat, as the festival of uh, Sukkot was coming to a close over the weekend? At 6.30 in the morning, I started hearing the siren. We started, you know, hearing booms, and uh, we we realized, you know, there is a rocket attack. So my very vigil uh, son, he, he he grabbed me and said, Mom, get out of bed. Let's go into the shelter. So that my son and my older daughter uh, were with me. So we rushed into, into the um, shelter and trying to understand what is going on. It's a Shabbat. We have the Lord's Day, we're going to church. I have to translate. I mean, it was like, whoa, something is happening. From 6.30 to about 11 in the morning, there was constant firing in the area and on our town. About 26 um, uh, rockets or missiles were fired on our town. So we had to go in and out the shelter. But we were able to turn on the news and realize something major and terrible is happening. And for our listeners, especially in North America, everyone in Israel is required to have a safe room, a bomb shelter that they can get to. So you have one for your family as well, right? Yes. Our house was built immediately after the new requirements. Since 1991, after the Iraq war, the desert storm, all the buildings and houses are required to have a shelter, you know, strong concrete with with an iron door. And we but many, many of other buildings, they don't have it, especially actually in the around Gaza Strip. The houses are older then. That's yes, anything why, under 1991. Yeah, people need to rely on public shelters. Hmm. 
which takes a while to get to. You normally, for our listeners, again, churches don't meet in Israel on Sunday for the most part. Mm -hmm. They meet on Saturday because that's the holy day and, and, and that's Shabbat. And so you weren't even able to have church on Sunday, were you? No, as we were in the shelter, one of the elders, he recorded a video message explaining the situation. And then I asked him to record one also in English, as we have a lot of English uh, worshipers with us, mainly students from overseas. So he did that. So around eight o'clock, the announcement was made, although they waited a little. And some thought that maybe, you know, it's uh, just uh, an attack and it's, you know, it will be over. And this wasn't over. So you've you've no. had families in your church that have been affected by this, right? And I'm thinking of one family <sighs> in particular. I know this is hard for you to tell, but I'm hoping <sighs> thousands of our listeners mm. would get on their knees and pray for peace the peace of Jerusalem, peace in Israel, and for this to be able to end. Tell me about that one family that's living right by the Gaza Strip, by the wall. Yeah, um, they are a lovely Christian couple, Jewish couple. From their balcony, you can see Gaza. You know, we, whenever we visit them, you know, we were always wondered. They live like almost, I mean, it's so close. So always it was in our mind. I mean, they're so close to Gaza. but. Uh, yeah, the first people I contacted, and I tried yesterday for more than eight, 16 hours to be in touch with every person in the congregation in that area. And I was in touch with the wife, and they were saying, yes, we are in the shelter. It was around, I think, 8 in the morning. Uh, the kids are okay, uh, but it's it, we're terrified. There are terrorists outside in our town, and we're just locked in our shelter. They live in a nice new building so they have a nice room bomb shelter so it's comfortable and they i think they were able you know to have the computer on the kids to see cartoons so that's that was my first contact with them and of course i'm not going to mention the town that they're in but it was the first town that hamas tried to invade if i can use that word they were pounding on the doors of the bomb shelters trying to take hostages, and they did exactly. take hostages. So yes. this must have been, well, I don't know. Uh, your husband, David, who's in Finland right now preaching right now, that's why uh, he's not on with us as well today. Uh, he said they were in their bomb shelter for 15 hours before they could get out, before the army yes. freed the yes. town and they could get out. Yes, wow. and during the day I was in contact, uh, and I even called because the children are in my Sunday school group, and the mom, she wrote me a message said, don't call, we don't want to talk about a situation, the kids are calm, they don't need to hear anything, I mean, they were trying to protect the kids from being exposed, what's going out outside, uh, what's happening outside of their apartment and their bomb shelters. So I, I just wanted to encourage, and I did that. I called several families with children from our church and um, kids were panicking. And, uh, you know, it was good for them to to hear my voice. But in this case, this family from uh, that town, yeah, I couldn't talk to the children. And I totally understood that. Hmm. 
Yes. And of course, um, you have a lot of people in your church that would be in the IDF, whether the reserves or full-time, they, they were called up immediately, weren't they? Oh, yes. On, on yes. Saturday, Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And uh, as we have a WhatsApp group, you know, the church, so every like hour and two hours, another name was mentioned, please pray for this guy or pray for this. I mean, you know, all they were called, as you said, a signal eight. They were sent the reservists. Of course, we have... Um, Soldiers in active duty, one of our young ladies, she is a female officer, and she is the head of a clinic in a major army base, and her commander picked her up. I, her mom called me, it was like nine in the morning, and she had to be ready, and she was taken, and and she was told that, you know, they can't say when she can come back home, so like, I was like in touch with with the mom, and and. And the officer on her way to her bases, knowing that terrible things are ahead. And of course, uh, while all of this is going on, I should mention something else. 5,000 rockets coming in by mm -hmm. land, paragliders, mm. uh, e even by sea. Uh, right. This invasion that happened over the weekend at a very select time for this to occur. There is another side, another piece of ministry that you've been doing for years, Eddie. And um, I mean, I've always called you Eddie. That's your name, but Esther, <laughs> Esther is your is your given name. Right. Tell us about that that other ministry that you're you've been involved in and still are today. All the names that you keep getting that just breaks your heart. Tell us about mm. that. Well, yeah, sorry. It makes me emotional when I think of that. But um, for the last, I think, about 18 years, I've been involved in uh, sending uh, care packages to all the Messianic soldiers that we can collect their names throughout the country. And we are getting some funds that are collected by young students in, in Holland. And we, uh, once a year for Purim, which is the Jewish holiday celebrating the Book of Esther and the, the how the Lord saved His people, so we uh, we send care packages to around two hundred fifty Christian soldiers. So um, throughout the years, I've been in touch with hundreds of believers in of soldiers, and they are in my heart. And um, since yesterday, I've been collecting the names of the different soldiers that I was, you know, uh, given the names, but also those that I know that are married. We went to two weddings of two former um, uh, Israeli fighters, and um, one just a week ago, but they were all called now to duty. So we, in this, in the past month, there were two that got married. So I'm in touch. I, I go to their weddings. I pray for them. So, um, yeah, I'm collecting names. Today I received eight more names, and uh, I try to send messages to the families, but I, I keep getting like every five, ten minutes more names. Eddie, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for uh, your husband who has been preaching in Finland. He's trying to get home. As we're talking right now, the airport is closed, but the Lord can mm -hmm. get him home, of course. How would you want us to pray for you? Christians all over the world, how can we pray right now? 
Uh, actually, no, I mean, I don't want to focus on us. I mean, I feel like privileged. We feel safe. The three children are with me. We feel, you know, safe. The Lord is with us, but my heart is aching for the hostages, for people still in the kibbutzes, still under terrible uh, threat, you know, that still terrorists are roaming around in few, in at least two kibbutzes. The military hasn't been able to to solve that. Uh, people are calling, you know, we, we see it on TV, people are in distress. Over 24 hours, people are in their shelters still calling for help. Pray for those, the wounded, the medical staff. I'm in touch with um, medical staff. They're overwhelmed. People volunteer. There's calls. People just bring food. There's no food in the hospitals in Beersheba and Ashkelon. So things are, it's it's a lot to pray for. So I think that's, you know, and, and pray for the safety of the soldiers, the many families that lost their children and their husbands. And brothers, so uh, yeah, that's on. But especially also for our congregants that are in the, you know, the fire range. One of our, he's in a our like marine uh, unit. I just got an his, you know, message. He's fighting now, mm. and we should pray and that God will protect him. One of, he just got baptized on Shabbat. Maxim, his name. So he's there out there fighting. That's every five minutes. This is what I get. Yeah. And also those that would like to evacuate, and we have offers, you know, people in the north are offering for families to be hosted up, you know, away from the the missile range. So that's, and uh, yeah, for our leadership in the country to make the right decision. That's a lot to pray for. Yeah. But, I mean, we, that's... but we need to pray for everything yeah. you just mentioned. Esther Zadok, we're going to pray for you on the program in a minute, but I'm going to ring off with you right now. Yes. I just want to say the Lord be with you and the word that you always say when you come to Israel, shalom. Mm. shalom. If there's anything that's needed right now, it's shalom. Shalom. Shalom in Yeshua. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Charles. God bless you and you and America and everybody. Thank you. Would you join me in praying right now? Dear Lord in heaven, we lift up our hearts this day and we pray together for Israel. We ask for confidence that you will protect your people. We pray for comfort for those who have lost loved ones these past few days. We pray for the hostages taken and for their soon release. We even pray for the Muslims living in war-torn Gaza. Most of them just want peace but may they find peace through even this outbreak of war, the peace of Christ. Teach us your ways, O Lord, and lead us on a level path because of our enemies. Don't give us up to the will of our enemies. May shalom and Jesus fall upon Israel and fall upon Gaza, even now. In the name of Yeshua, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Amen. This is Saving Today, and we're going back to Israel, southern Israel. We're going to Tel Aviv. Eli Birnbaum is with us, joining us from Jews for Jesus. He's the country director 
it's the largest location of Jews for Jesus in the world. Uh, Ellie, you're the new director. We haven't had you on before, but welcome to Haven Today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, this is uh, quite a time to be speaking from Israel, so I'm really happy to be with you guys. Well, and, and certainly when just a couple of weeks ago, we had one of your colleagues on, Rich Robinson, talking about Yom Kippur, and here we had Sukkot just in, and then Saturday, Shabbat, Holy Day, the war starts. Let's start by talking about how your team has been impacted by this war, and then we'll move out from there. Yeah, well, I think I can start personally. I woke up at uh, 6.30 in the morning or 7 in the morning hearing a siren. And usually when you hear sirens that happen in Tel Aviv, you're, you're, you're kind of prepared for it. And this was just a complete surprise. Um, I actually told my wife to keep sleeping and, you know, I'm going to figure this out. Um, but then since that morning, we've just been woken up to get all these text messages and videos and things that were happening as it was happening, there was eight hours of just complete, just violence that was happening down south. And um, before anyone knew, before the news were, were reporting it, we we already knew that there were hundreds dead. And it was just just such a morning to wake up to. And, um, you know, personally, I, I kind of said I've, I've had a long week uh, and people were saying, let's get together to pray. And I said, look, I need to rest. I, 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 this is my day of rest. Mm. I want to spend this time with my family. I know this is going to be a long week. And I just sat there, had breakfast, uh, spent time with my family. And then slowly I started taking my phone back up and we started, we gathered as a team to pray. Um, I'm also a church planter. So my church was asking for, for, for a prayer meeting and we gathered to pray um, and just asked. God, how do we, what do we do in the face of such evil? How do we respond with faith, hope, and love? Uh, what do we do? That morning, that evening, already people were being called up to reserves, at least uh, two or three that evening. And the next next day, four or five of my staff were called into reserves. Um, and uh, this more, today, more were called in. I personally got a call up uh, to go in, but I asked to be released um, because of my age and, and, and my responsibilities and my family. My wife doesn't have any family here, so I did not want to leave them. Um, and then on top of it, that Saturday evening, we were uh, hiding. We don't have a bomb shelter in my apartment, and we were sitting in the hallway, and the a huge uh, explosion uh, that we've never heard in our neighborhood just shook the whole building. Um, and a rocket had fallen just 50 meters from our house and destroyed a building and there were two people mm. inside. Um, and so mm. this was just, that was our Saturday. And, and uh, funny thing is, is I went to sleep, slept very well. And knowing that, uh, you know, the next mm. day is, is, is going to be the reality, the new reality that we're in. And we woke up, I think I went to sleep. There were 300 dead. We woke up, there was, there was already 600 and the numbers keep climbing. Um, and so that's mm-hmm. that was our day. Mm-hmm. That was Saturday. Supposed to be a day of rejoicing and receiving the Torah was, I think, the worst day in the history of uh, the state of Israel. So, You were born in New York, but you come from a lineage of Messianic Jews. You, you were brought up uh, hearing about Yeshua as not really the anti-Messiah, but as the Messiah. Yeah, I grew up in, in, a, in a home where 
we we I, I think when, probably when I was young, I will, probably was surprised that not all Jews believed in Jesus because that was it seemed to me the most Jewish thing. Uh, he was the Jewish Messiah, and and it was everything. And you know, I remember realizing that our family doesn't all believe in Jesus. And then when we came to Israel, when I moved there when I was seven, it was all of a sudden nobody believes in Jesus, and we had to go to public mm -hmm. schools. And um, I I had. I mean, I don't know why we did this, but we hid our faith for many years. Nobody knew that we were followers of Jesus in our immediate surroundings. Mm. Um, yeah, but that's kind of how I grew up. Mm. Let's talk about the rest of your team. I, I think you, Jews for Jesus, you've got about 50 team members uh, in Israel with uh, in Tel Aviv. I've been to your office there in Tel Aviv, but also now you're in Jerusalem, uh, which wasn't easily done. But uh, uh, were others on your team impacted by the war, which, as we're talking, still continues even now? Yeah. Oh man. Um, so just our, one of our office managers, her, her building was hit uh, in an apartment right by her building. Um, but this morning I was gathering our staff and I said, Hey, what's going on? And there were, um, they were at, in, the, in the staff meeting and we still haven't gotten all the names of all the people, but in the staff meeting, one staff was telling me that their friends went out fishing and they didn't come back. Um, all they found were their phones. Um, a, a family that they grew up with in the, in the in the church that they worship with, their son died Saturday of fighting in Gaza. Um, I, I I was just sitting there um, listening to the stories and and and, and I, I, I nothing prepares you for this. Um, nothing prepares you to how to deal with it. Um, and so I don't even know how much of my staff have been impacted from this and, and how much they will be. Um, and I'm just praying to God that he will protect all those who have been drafted or going up to fight um, and that it, it just that God's mercy would be on them and you protect them and keep them from these situations. Where are you reading in scripture? Uh, how are you meditating on God's word? What are you praying for right now and encouraging your team to pray and read and meditate on? Yeah, it's... I mean, we've been reading, I read in Psalms, we've been reading different things for, for praying, for, for crying to God for help. Uh, Psalm 41 was one that kept being thrown around. But um, I'll, first of all, I want to be honest. It is so hard to read the Bible and pray right now. It's just mm -hmm. it, it, like, mm -hmm. it, it is not easy. It's, I mean, I'm doing it still. Uh, I have a but it's it's so hard because your mind just wanders and one of the verses that i keep coming back to every time there's a undescribable conflict is first samuel 30 when uh king david comes back to the city uh and and, and um, he's not king yet but he's uh he's uh, before he's king and he comes back to the city of ziglag that's been burned to the ground and the woman and the children have been taken um and they just cry there until they have no strength to cry um, and mm. the people are so destroyed. Mm. They want to destroy their leader, the only one who can help them in that situation. And then it says, and David strengthened himself in God. And that's what we, we have to try to do because immediately our mind thinks, what do we need to do? How do we solve it? Uh, what, what do we do? And, and really we, we, we need God's strength in this situation. We need his wisdom. So uh, this is not the first time I've turned to, to, to this uh, chapter during a conflict. Um, but 
it's also the first time where I read this the the chapter and I was it was so eerily similar similar to what's happening and I'm just was thinking to myself oh God because it it says God said there that all the children and women would be returned and hmm. knowing the situation I know shy of a miracle that won't happen now but that's my prayer and my prayer is that uh, people would be returned to safety and to be honest that I don't want anyone on any side to die anymore in this fight. Uh, this is not my mm -hmm. desire, my heart. It's just to see God's peace uh, come through the situation. But aware of the fact that um, you know David had to go back and fight and 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 correct what was done wrong. Um, and uh, this is uh, this is this is our reality. So that's really that chapter again and again that I go back to. Um, in times of war and conflict, get, that David would strengthen in, in God. And yeah, that's as a, mm. as, as leading a big mm. team, it's also what I need to do because now how do we minister in this time? Mm. Your ministry objective at Jews for Jesus, of course, is, is, is to lead Jews to meet Yeshua. Um, Muslims need Jesus as well. How, how do you wrestle with that? How do you think through that, Ellie? Well, I think the it's it, it's I think for me, and I don't think uh, you know I grew up here, and I grew up in a in a society at times where we had um, we had terrorist attacks, uh, buses blowing up, we were terrified, and you kind of um, you you create this callousness of uh, of 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 hate uh, is very easily developed because you feel threatened, um, but that's where you have to push back with love. You have to push back with a desire that God can change people and to bring them to that they need Jesus. And for me, I think I have to be honest, as an evangelist, uh, these evil actions of Hamas show me how much each human needs Jesus. This is what godlessness looks like. This is what uh, mm -hmm. is what it looks like. And it's not meeting it with more godlessness maybe that's what we need to do for a moment but it is not the solution and it's not what's going to change and uproot evil you need uh something big and, and here we have something that we can say hey this was wrong but how do we make it right and i don't think we make it right just by fighting back we make it right by speaking truth and love and saying there was there is someone who suffered this type of violence uh, he was dragged like these people were dragged. He was taken to the cross uh, by the oppressors of this world to win it by dying and by paying the price. And his resurrection gives us the hope uh, for anyone. It means that he will set things right, that it will be a better place, and that we will live in peace with Arab and Jew uh, under the reign of the, mm. of the Prince of mm. Peace. I mean, that's what I hope for in these days. It's the only thing I can hope for. Uh, I'm not. Uh, naive to think that we won't have to uh, go to war or fight back or all those things. Um, but I'm not putting my hope in the military or in the army or in temporary solutions, but I'm looking for Jesus and for how he can bring it back. And I think as a follower of Jesus, especially in Israel at this moment, you have to fight hard with your heart to remain compassionate and full of love and really uh, be for, for our enemies. Uh, Jesus said to love your enemies and, this is this is this is the moment where the enemies are very clear and how do we love them?
and and that's 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 something that starts with our hearts and with our desires and gotta be honest i desire to see gaza free uh and and with people and there's christians in gaza they suffer and they're suffering so much um and and then and how can they witness in these moments what hope are they bringing to the people around them i don't know i can only pray for them and and, and give hope that 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 god is with them and i know he's with them at these moments but hope that god uh will just sustain them and strengthen them um they have incredible pressure that they're going through and hey i, I hope a revival comes from this on both sides um, that more people turn mm-hmm. to jesus that's, yes. that's my hope i i yes. i just hope that that this will bring something that we can't even you know it's uh, hard for me to believe that such a violent act could happen, but it's also hard for me to believe that from this, so many can turn to Jesus, but that's my hope. That's the power of the gospel. And that's what I want anyone out there praying. Just pray for the peace, pray for protection, but pray that people would turn to Jesus because he's the solution uh, again and again. Um, and it's so evident to me today, more than ever. <clears throat> this question I ask everybody uh, that we have on our program. Uh, what does Jesus, what does Yeshua mean to you personally? What does Jesus mean to me personally? I, I think um, I, I prayed to accept Jesus when I was four years old. And the immense richness of our Savior is something that you discover for a lifetime. Um, and I can share personally with something that I was, I've been personally going through in the last last few years and this is not connected to the conflict or for anything, but it was something that really transformed my view of, of Jesus and the gospel. Um, for some reason, I had a lot of people around me who were saying things that I thought were not true about me. They were saying things that, you know, I was malicious, dishonest, all these things that I just felt and knew and knew in my heart they weren't true. But then I realized how much um, my reputation meant to me. Um, and how much I cared because not uh, that people would know the real me and, and they would know my reputation. And I, I just couldn't handle the criticism. And I remember in a time of prayer, uh, I just realized uh, something. And, you know, I've been preaching of the gospel for many years, 38 years old. I've, I don't know how long I've been preaching the gospel. And then I just realized that uh, I realized something or, or in some way God was speaking to me. He's like, when it says that you're wearing the, the, the um, you're clo- I'm clothing you with my righteousness. That means my reputation, the reputation of Jesus is all that matters. And you can now wear his reputation and it doesn't matter what people think about mm-hmm. it. Does it. Your reputation does not matter whether it's true or right. My reputation is all that mm-hmm. matters. And to think to the fact that me, I am wearing uh, the reputation of the most reputable, famous, peaceful, loving person is the reputation that I get to wear, that I get to walk around with, and that's all that matters, is just something that I'm still, I cannot fathom that I'm living life in such a blessing and such such, uh, such glory in yeah. that. And that just that helps me withstand so many things. So that's a personal thing that I've just been going through lately, and it's really uh, transformed my heart to just not, not that I don't mm. care about truth or what people say, but to just, you know, be able to, to, to be at peace, uh, 
with what people think of me. I think that that's, um, you know, when you're in leadership and you're leading, it's so hard. But uh, knowing that I'm supposed mm -hmm. to wear his righteousness, that means I'm supposed to believe that all that matters is him is just something that I've, I've been delighting in, in my savior uh, in, 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 this, in this period of time. Thank you for sharing that. Ellie Birnbaum, leading Jews for Jesus in Israel. Uh, this invasion, this war, is not going to be over anytime soon. And the whole Middle East uh, is getting stirred up now as a result of this war and whatever action Israel is going to take. Um, thank you for sharing spiritually. Would you lead us and all of our listeners in prayer right now? Yes. Heavenly Father, today as in all days, we turn to you. Uh, you've adopted us um, through the work of Jesus on the cross. And Lord, we thank you for who you are. And we just ask that in a time like this, your kingdom would come, that people would know you, that through these this violence and this these moments that jesus would be the answer oh god where else can we go for you have the words of life we ask that you would uh, bring um your gospel use us lord use the ministry of Jews for jesus during this time to preach your word um and to minister to people and to heal hearts uh, but lord we ask that you would pour out your spirit in israel in Gaza and the Palestinian Authority and all of the Middle East, that more would come to know you during this time. We thank you for the work of Yeshua, the work of Jesus, and we long for your return. Amen. Amen. Ellie Birnbaum, uh, head of Jews for Jesus in Israel, thanks for joining us here on Haven today. Thank you, Charles. Welcome to Haven Today, and uh, with us coming from Israel is a tour guide. She is Jewish through and through, she tells me, uh, but she also recognizes Yeshua as her Messiah, her Lord, her Savior. Uh, Daria Short, thank you for joining me as this war is underway in your country right now. Thank you so much for giving me the time. And um, yeah, we are under absolute um, bombardment. Um, and there's literally terror all around. Um, I'm close to the northern border right now. And we've had infiltrations from the north. We've had um, missiles being shot at us from the north too. So um, my family are in the south at the moment. And they have been in and out of bomb shelters all day with sirens and constant booming. Um, all day, and even if you're not under direct fire, it, it's, I think, a psychological warfare to just hear this constant booming. And then, of course, we see the same footage that everybody else does, and we hear the same news of all the atrocities, everything coming in constantly. It It's uh, mind-blowing, literally, and um, overwhelming and devastating, just the level of atrocity we can't fathom it so i appreciate that you know people are asking after us and uh who want to know the truth uh, daria you actually were leading a tour 
uh, when the war broke out, uh, did you see the missiles? Did you hear the missiles, uh, even though you were with a tour group uh, leading that tour in Israel last Saturday morning? Yes, we, we saw we saw them Saturday morning. Um, uh, my tourists were also very much uh, under fire. They were staying in a different uh, hotel from from where I was staying, and um, you know they had to follow the directives. They don't speak the language, so they were bewildered initially. And then I got onto the phone and told them what to do. And then in the evening we were together, and at night, of course, you can see the missiles quite clearly. And so they also saw the missiles and the Patriot missiles going out to uh, meet the you know the enemy's missiles. And so it's very real. And for them, they just they can't believe that it's happened while they're on holiday. You know, as unexpected as it has been for for them, it's even more unexpected for us. We're used to low level, constant niggling, let's say, at the Mm -hmm. borders. Mm -hmm. What this is, there are no words, really. So you've been in Israel uh, your life, uh, your mm-hmm. parents, your family goes back. You could trace your lineage back to 1700s, you've told me. Uh, you've seen war before, but you haven't seen war like this. I have. In in 1973, I was a young child in the bomb shelter at the Yom Kippur War. So there are eerie similarities. We were also vulnerable. It was a high holy day. Just Yom Kippur in in the Bible is called the Sabbath of Sabbaths. It's like the rest of rests. And um, the last Saturday was uh, another high holy day. It is the eighth day in in the um, in the Bible. It's called Shemini Atzeret, the eighth great day of the feast mm. it backs onto the feast of tabernacles so and and Sukkot had just ended uh and it was shabbat when the war took place started exactly exactly it's a the day it's meant to be a day of rest and it's meant to be a day of rejoicing um the whole of sukkot the feast of tabernacles is supposed to be about rejoicing so this was the eighth day and we were celebrating, and actually, it was six thirty in the morning when we were, you know, woken up rudely, and we were so startled. We we're like, "What? We on a Shabbat on a on this holy day? Like, it can't be a drill." Mm. And then we realized once we, you know, once we put on our our phones and started to watch the news coming in. We were just absolutely shocked, and our friends were, you know, sending messages. They can't find their children. We, I have a really good friend whose son, she couldn't get hold of her son. He was meant to be at that, the party. I don't know if you saw. They so far, two hundred and sixty youths were slaughtered at a party that they had down in the mm-hmm. south. Yes, it was also a Sukkot celebration. And she couldn't find her son. And it turned out in the end that um, he had decided not to go to the party and he had his phone switched off because he wanted to catch up on sleep. So you can Mm. imagine how great that rejoicing was that he was spared. But how many of his friends did he lose? And sorry, on that note, just today, we heard of a very young believer. Um, His parents... um, run a congregation in the south and he was killed in combat and you know we are grieving everybody knows somebody 
who is directly affected. So, you know, I, I there are no words, really. How are you praying? As a Jewish believer in Yeshia, how, how are you thinking of this on a spiritual dimension, Daria? So, for me, um, I always go to the promises of God. Firstly, he who keeps Israel neither dozes nor sleeps. Um, as the mountains all around Jerusalem, so the Lord is all around his people. Um, all the promises in the Psalm, Psalms 91. Um, That's what I have open right now on my desk here in the studio, oh, Psalm 91. Wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. Um, and so, you know, the contrast between, you know, many will fall at my right side and everything, knowing that this is reality right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's hard because I am constantly reminded that people are looking to me. Um, what, you know, what should they pray? What should they be focusing on? Not only for my tourists, but for my my own children and um, my grandchildren, you know, they are following their parents' lead. And um, like so today, my grandchildren were in bomb shelters and my son is, he was called up, he's on base um, fighting the enemy. And um, I have to stand on the promises of the word, otherwise I think I would just fall apart. Absolutely. Um... I want to ask you a hard question. How do you, uh, are you praying for Muslims to come to Yeshua, even with these attacks going on right now? Oh, absolutely. I mean, God loves all people. He's not partial to one particular people group or one particular religion. Um, I have Muslim friends who I actually actively get to share the word with because um, especially the ones who are fervent in their in their religion and their in their belief I can relate to them on a level of faith you know and I can say to them mm -hmm. for example I've, I've read the Quran and so I can say to them look I've read in the in the Torah this and this and this I didn't see that in the Quran um, so how do you relate to your Allah? And I speak either in Hebrew or Arabic, you know, it, it depending. And so I want them to know that there's a, such a difference between religion and faith. Um, so I, I actually have had amazing opportunities to speak to my Muslim friends. And um, it, it's, I still, of course, I pray for them. I love them. I'm not thinking of... <laughs> them as the enemy. I know who the enemy mm -hmm. is and I know who mm -hmm. the enemy is using currently. Um, mm -hmm. I understand that God has promises for, you know, his people and the enemy doesn't like that. Mm. Um, it's, it's very important to know that Israel is a person. Israel is a people. Israel is a place. And God has promises for Israel, the person, Israel, the people, Israel, the place. And the enemy hates that. And so I have to just keep focused on understanding that this is a, this is a spiritual war before it's even a physical war. One last question, Daria. Mm -hmm. uh, what does Yeshua mean to you personally? Yeshua, um, I, I love the scripture where 
the angel comes and says his name will be Jesus because he will save his people from this. And in Hebrew, it's clearer. It says, Korim lo Yeshua ki hu Yoshia. His name will be salvation because he will save his people from their sins. And um, he is my savior. First and foremost, I am, you know, I can't reach God without my savior. That is what he came for. Um, he was obedient to his father and he asked us to be obedient um, to his father. And so who is he to me? He is my anchor. I mean, the word, the word is uh, what I stand on. Without the word, I have no foundation. I have no plumb line. I have no compass. You know, that is who he is to me. Everything, my stability, my security. So thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Daria Shorts coming to us from Israel um, in the middle of a war. Thank you for taking the time to uh, be able to join us here on Haven today. Thank you, Charles. I'm very, very grateful for the opportunity. Thank you for your prayers and for your support. It means more than words can say. I'm so grateful for every one of our guests that we had on the podcast today. Please remember, keep praying for them. Pray for the peace of Israel. I'd also like to encourage you to send support through our program called Help and Hope for Israel, which we will forward to Jews for Jesus. What are they doing? Well, displaced Israelis need blankets, towels, clothing, toiletries, even food. These missionaries don't hide who they are because they also hand out copies of the New Testament and offer to pray for those affected. They share their faith in Jesus. We've had people already contact us. What can you do to help Israel? Well, here's a good way. Dollar for dollar, no handling fees. We'll send your aid quickly through Help and Hope for Israel. 50, 500, 5,000. Pray about what the Lord wants you to send as this war is not over. This is not something to delay over. Call us right now at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Tell us how much you want to send to Israel and how much for Haven today, and we'll honor your request. Or go to our website and make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And don't forget to subscribe, tell a friend about our podcast, and as always, thank you for joining me once again on Great Stories with Charles Morris.